Welcome to Pass the Mic. In this episode, Jessica and Lauren talk about their unique hearing experiences. Hi, my name is Lauren. Hi, my name is Jessica. And we are going to be talking about um, our individual hearing experiences in the field of child and youth care. Um, so just a little bit of background for me. I was born deaf and I have a cochlear implant. And just for me, I wear um, two bilateral hearing aids. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> um, so one of the first initial questions that we kind of wanted to discuss is how does being deaf and or hard of hearing influence or affect our experiences as a child and youth care student? Um, just like in the classrooms, child and youth care is like a lot of group work. So it's like impossible to hear everybody because everybody has ideas they want to share. A lot of people in the child and youth care field are very passionate about it, but you have to be able to hear what they're saying in order to learn what you need to learn to be a child and youth care worker, and that can be really hard. Yeah. Do you think that um, being in child and youth care, that the students are more understanding of what it's like to have a hearing disability? Uh, I have to say yes and no. There's some people who are more understanding than others, and other people kind of just look at me like I'm choosing it as an excuse, but I'm not choosing it as an excuse at all. It's just my reality. Yeah. What about for you? I think that um, going through grade school as kind of being the only one who ever had a hearing disability, I think that in the field, because there's the possibility of working with families and youth um, who have fit more physical disabilities. I think there's an under like you mentioned, there's kind of an understanding, but not fully there in that way. Um, I think that, yes, think- they're willing to support you and like help you, but at the same time, there's still that uncertainty of not knowing maybe what it fully looks like. In Do a you way. think it would be helpful if like the instructor repeated information? Oh, I think it's in the classroom. <laughs> I think it, yeah, I think that's definitely helpful, especially when you talk about group work too, or even just being in a group situation, um, having group members kind of repeat what they said in a way. Because um, I know what it's like. You don't always get that front seat in the front of the lecture hall, and then you you miss something, and it's that's the important information that you missed, kind of thing. Yeah, and then you have to like go home and teach yourself that important information. It will take you hours because you've got to do <laughs> twice the amount of homework. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. For and sure. I think I think that being in classrooms as a child and youth care student, you get put in the spotlight a lot because I have an FM system. Yeah. You do too. Do yeah, you? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you have to go up in the beginning of class. You have to give them your FM system. The whole class is watching you. They're like, oh, what's that pen? And then the instructor can maybe sometimes give you an awkward look because they don't really know what it is. You have to explain it. You have to double explain yourself. Yeah, no, it's definitely know. no, it's definitely intimidating too because you know it has to be done, but you don't necessarily really want to do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's kind of just, it's... That, yeah, you, you mentioned it's the spotlight. It's um, kind of allowing, well, not maybe not allowing, but everyone else to see a part of you maybe that you're not willing to share with them yet. And them already putting a label on you before you they even know you in a way. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that. I think that over the years, I've come to like accept the fact that I'm different and I'm not like everybody else. But I think I'm still like working on embracing it because like it's 2019. Being different is still not normalized. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. No, I agree with you. <laughs> okay. Um, our next question is, what do you wish others knew about individuals who were, who not who were, who are deaf or hard of hearing? Um, I think that there's always just dumpsing out there that you can't do stuff. Like, oh, you can't do that. Like, but like, for example, if you think about it, there are some jobs out there that I can never do because of the fact that I'm deaf and hearing impaired. For example, I could never, I can never be a flight attendant. But like, how cool would that be? I could fly around the world. Yeah. But, you know, I'm happy to be where I am in Sheldon Youth Care. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Um, I think that... No, kind of, no, just what you said. I think that people shouldn't um, assume that we aren't fully capable of doing things that they are, too. Um, yeah. Like, we look and we act the same as everyone else. Yeah, so, yeah, we need to wear little machines and robots on our ears to help us hear better in certain circumstances but it doesn't mean we can't get well yeah that flight flight attendant example but do you know what I mean like it's I've had um a prof not a professor a teacher when I was in high school who I go up to my FM system and I'm like hey this is me um I've sent you emails before and I need this accommodation for class or whatever and he completely denied me he's like oh I talk loud I move around the classroom you'll be fine kind of thing whereas I had to do that in front of like 30 other high school students yeah. all looking at me kind of like oh he just denied you kind of thing and that was really embarrassing so and having to talk to him afterwards being like okay no this is not the case you need to wear this right so I think there's do you there's think that do you think that you were expected to hear better in those situations I think yeah I think so. I think, yeah, people kind of expect you to have that expectation over you. Yeah. Um, so there's just that, there's still that stigma of, yeah, absolutely. That, I feel like of having like individual, not individual, invisible disabilities. Oh, yeah. For sure. I think that we experience like ableism more than the average person would. Because they did that, like, oh, you can't do that. Oh, like, you need to hear this much. But that's not the reality. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have people um, kind of asking you if you've heard that or if you like double checking, did you get that kind of thing? Or is there just that assumption that you're good? Yeah, sometimes. And I don't like it because it puts me on the spot. I'm the kind of person, if I didn't hear something at this point, I'll just ask them myself. But then sometimes people get annoyed. Even like my friend in classroom, people get annoyed because I have to ask more than once yeah. because I don't know what they're saying. Yeah. But I think it's like just that stuff. It's like, it can take a toll on your mental health because you end up overthinking everything. You get anxiety that you have to be better. You have to work four times harder than the other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. What is something that maybe a person outside of CYC, we they should know about what it's like to have a hearing disability? Because if we look at how, like we've talked about, how people in child and youth care should well, ideally should be more understanding. Um, what would maybe someone outside of the field, you would say to them? I don't think I would necessarily say anything because even though I experienced this in child and youth care, 
I still experience it in my personal life. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, but I mean, like, I'm really thankful for the people who actually take the time to get to know me beyond my hearing impairment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's not all we are. Yeah, exactly. Hearing impairment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, the next question is, uh, what kind of hurdles have you personally faced and how did you overcome them? <laughs> I don't know. I think what's this been a struggle for me, um, even though we've talked about kind of some experiences already, is that um, because um, I wasn't born deaf, um, I've experienced my hearing loss um, due at an older age when I was in elementary school. So I haven't experienced or maybe know of what it's like to be deaf compared to other individuals. Um, And I've never really been kind of, or had that label of being in that community because Mm -hmm. you don't see my hearing aids. People don't really know about my hearing disability until kind of it's a necessity, like I need to talk about it kind of thing. So it's just kind of that... um, presenting when you have to present it no one expects it coming because that's when they label they that's when they give you that label yeah um where it's like okay but you don't know me and that's not necessarily all that defines me um and that's that awkward kind of situation too yeah. kind of you always thing. have to accommodate yourself too yeah, yeah yeah no yeah there's kind of that constant having to and you have to worry about being judged yeah and that's not fair i don't think that's fair no absolutely right? not yeah what do you what do you think? I don't think it's fair to have to worry about being judged. But at the same time being in child and youth care field in general and like after going through everything that we've went through gives us so much resilience to be able to help those that we work with. Yeah. I like that. That's a good way to look yeah. at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I agree with you. I think um I've had lots of experiences working with younger youth kind of just transitioning into kind of understanding what it's like to have a hearing disability and how to be able to advocate for themselves in school because you really have to be able to do that because you're not always going to have someone there for you you have to really be able to support yourself Um, and that's been a really eye-opening experience for me because you think about your little younger self who's going through that same experience and then you can kind of use all of your past to kind of help them and support them too. So I like I like what you said. I like that idea. Yeah, for sure. And I think like when I was younger, I used to get bullied a lot. And I used to be called like the deaf girl or like like retarded. I hate that word. But I used to be called retarded. And like I just remember like one time when I was in sixth grade and I was in band class and I was playing a clarinet. And that's actually really hard to do when you're deaf because you have to be able to hear the notes in order to play them. So I played this clarinet for like a whole semester in grade six, but then I went to see my audiologist for a checkup and she told me she was really proud and amazed with me because I was one of the first deaf persons she's ever heard of playing a clarinet because it's not generally something that somebody who is um, hearing impaired and or deaf would do. I just love to prove <laughs> people wrong. If they can't do something, wash yeah. me. Uh, do you feel as if you have to be proving people wrong a lot? Oh, yeah. yeah. You have to do it every day, even though you might not realize it. But then when you go home and you you self-reflect on your day, you self-reflect on what someone's done, you realize, like, wow, like, I was actually advocating for myself in that moment. But you don't think about it in yeah. the moment. You think of it, like, after when you self-reflect. 
Yeah, and that's yeah. actually pretty awesome. <laughs> Being able to especially stand up for yourself too. I think that's I think that's really admirable, and I think that's something people don't necessarily understand that that's something people have to do for themselves. Yeah, I don't think people necessarily see it. Like sometimes they may think that you or I are being like defensive, but we're not. We're just advocating for yeah. ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, so our next question is, what could be done, done better in the classroom setting and or out in the field? So, I mean, we kind of already touched on this subject a little bit, but let's expand on it some more. <laughs> what are your experience like in the classroom, uh, in the shower and youth care program? Like, how has it been for you so far? Um, for me, I think it's been, um, I think I was definitely more worried just because coming into my first year of university, I think that was really daunting on itself. But just having to know that I had to, um, like, go to my professors and be like, this is who I am. I think that itself is awkward. And it will, st- right, that's initial awkward, in- like, encounter, especially going in front of um, students. But then again, you have the idea that the people in this field are going to be more understanding and more accommodating, which I felt really good about this year, which is... I think really awesome but I think there's still that uncertainty um, just because people don't necessarily know again what it's like for people who are deaf or hard of hearing and there's that there's not that same understanding like I thought it was great when our professor introduced the two of us because I was like oh my god there's someone else out there who is kind of like me and I think that's really special in itself too oh yeah absolutely <laughs> because I and like after the professor introduced us I had all the other professors asking me oh did you meet Lauren and I'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> right I think I think and I think that's what's really cool especially because when you think you're alone and you think you're the only one who's going through um not necessarily that we have the same experiences but on some level i think we can connect in some way i think that we have a lot of overlap in our experiences which makes it easy for us to be to be friends and be able to share our story right now (laughs) yeah and i think i think that's kind of a really um positive thing about my first experience in university but again there's still i think stuff that can be um not changed but adapted in a way I guess what about what about you what do you think um could be done better in the classroom I feel like there's a long way to go still in the classroom I think it's gotten a lot better since I since I started university which like a long time ago for being <laughs> honest but I still wish like people were I still wish like instructors were like just the university in general when require instructions to have closed captions on all videos that they demonstrate in the classrooms. Oh, yeah. And um, maybe perhaps if they're going to, if we're doing group work, maybe like occasionally have the instructor repeat the important information that might be on like my final exams or that might be critical into writing an assignment or something that's going to benefit me in my career. I just think that those things would be really helpful for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. I think that, oh, I, I cannot, I can think of so many examples of videos that I've, or have been blurry or are, the audio quality is just terrible and you have no option to use closed captioning. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever watched YouTube closed captioning? YouTube oh. closed captions are crap, but 
it may be smart because with YouTube closed cap- captions, you have to put two and two together and make sense of it for yourself. Yeah. Which is a lot of work when you think about it, but we do it. Yeah. I just, I just, personally, I just do it like without realizing it. Yeah, I think that's our superpower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think that there's anything that could be done better, like out in the field, personally? Like, what about, like, maybe you have experience from, like, your placement yeah. or something like that? Or just maybe, it doesn't even have to be, like, an experience, like, in childhood youth care, but maybe, like, an experience that where you felt degraded or something yeah. in some kind of way. Um, I think I've been lucky enough um, in my practicum to be um, or to have um, supervisors that are really accommodating of me. Um, I've, I've definitely come across situations where, like, my hearing aids will die in the middle of the day, and I'm just sitting in the classroom and I'm changing my hearing aid battery then all kids come up to me and be like oh my god Miss Lauren like what is this and there's of course like they're they're young and their minds are curious and they're gonna ask me a bazillion million weird questions about what my hearing aids are and that I think initially it doesn't bother me because again like all oh, their their little kids are so innocent whereas if uh, an adult or someone my age were to come to me and talk to me about that, I think that would be awkward in itself. Yeah, it um, be, it's a little bit of a different conversation doing it with kids versus doing it with yeah, adults. Yeah, and I think um, I don't have much experience out in the workforce, but that in itself to me is still just weird. Because, yeah. again, like, you don't see my hearing aids. It's only, like, in those circumstances, oh, when they die, like, I need to change batteries. Yeah. Um, whereas, I, they, like, normally they're not, I wouldn't necessarily initially, if you, if I had to talk about like my identity, I wouldn't necessarily initially go to my hearing aids because to me they're I, like, I forget about them. So I think, I don't know, it's, it's a little more difficult for me to think or talk about in that, in that sense. Yeah, I understand. I think like for me, like sometimes I'll identify like, like, oh, like I'm hearing impaired, but sometimes I don't, I don't necessarily do it off the bat because I like yeah. to give people a chance to get to know me. Yeah. But like with the little kids, they notice that I talk different. So the way I approached it in my experience, uh, it was my placement one year, and the way I approached it is, there's a little boy here, had like blonde curly hair. And he's like, why do you talk like that? And I said, why do you have blonde curly hair? And he looks at me and he laughs. And I said, everybody's different, right? And he just smiled and said, yeah, yeah. And they just continued to laugh more. But I tried to teach them a lesson that everybody is different yeah. on this part without necessarily going too much into it. But then usually a little bit after I have to explain it. Like, like you know, I just, I don't hear like you. My ears are different from yours. That's how I explain it to little kids. But with, like with adults, it's a little bit different. Yeah. But I think, I mean, we're adults, we should be, we should know better, but <laughs> some, some people don't. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I feel like um, as if some adults that I've come across are a little nosy, a little more, um, there's kind of that weird society norm that people with, again, like we mentioned before, people with disabilities aren't as capable as everyone else. Yeah. Um, and again, it's that level of not knowing and then all of a sudden knowing and just rent and just p- giving you that label. Yeah, for sure. I, and like, I hope in the future that it will be normalized to be hearing impaired. It'll be normalized to be from a different culture, from, you know, anything. Like there's so many diverse people out there. And like, I just had that much more respect for people who are different. 
like I'm interested. I want to know what their story is because I'm different too. So maybe I can share my story with them. We can learn yeah. something from one another, even though somebody else might be have a diff, might not have a hearing disability or any disability at all. But maybe they're different in the fact that they come from another country and they can relate to me in some ways because we experience the same discrimination. Yeah. 